0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling and this week's guest is with Peter Hobbs of Hobbs' Angel of Death. And I'll get to him in a moment, but first of all, did you know that I play in the Australian metal band Lord. Surprise, surprise. Who would have thought? You can go over to lord.net.au and check out our tunes if you love a bit of heavy metal. Um, we've got uh, lots of different links to our uh, back catalogue, links to Spotify. We've got all of our video clips over there, heaps of bio stuff. We've got links to our online store. The website's really, really good. It's a new one that Tim's put together a massive step up from our old website. So go over and have a sticky beak at lord.net.au. Uh, in addition to playing in a metal band, I also host the Self-Starter Podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. You can go over to selfstarter.com.au. I'll spit that one out, selfstarter.com.au, and you can go and check that out, and you can find the podcast in your preferred podcast player, probably what you're listening through right now. Uh, now, a couple of updates for you really, really quickly. Um I'm going to try and get into the habit of giving some updates of previous guests and what they're up to, because I think that's kind of cool. We'll keep following the story in the background. But uh, one – well, two things, actually, which are quite interesting, and you guys might get something out of it. Uh, Caitlin Langley, who was on episode 123 of the podcast, uh, we talked about a lot of her campaigning that she's been doing to – implement a law in Albury, uh, a, a abortion clinic for an exclusion zone, so uh, religious protesters couldn't hang out the front and harass people that were utilising the clinic. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were extremely fortunate that in New South Wales, the law was passed and now there is a 150 metre exclusion zone around clinics in New South Wales. So those uh, religious protesters can no longer hang out the front of clinics and harass people that need to use these medical services. So that's a great win. Well done to Caitlin for putting in a lot of hard work to get awareness out there and help uh, fight for um, rights for people that need to utilise those services. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, another thing, which is just a bit of a random one, and I guess that was from quite a while ago on episode 60 of the podcast, Mike Mills of Toehider. Um, I just want to make a mention this because it's just so cool. And for anyone who knows Mike and Toehider, you know that Mike has been on the last several um, Aerion releases, uh, and he's been doing a lot of live stuff with Aerion and just really, really cool stuff. And um, just about a week or so ago, um, he just did Grass Pop, and that's like this massive, massive festival in Belgium, and there's like a 100,000 people that go to it. It's just incredible. Anyway, they played right after Iron Maiden on a different stage, which I initially thought was suicide. <laughs> I thought it was not going to end well, but uh, I saw some videos and uh, footage on Mike's page, and it's just absolutely incredible. Massive, massive crowd. Um, he was on stage with some of the best singers in rock and metal. And um, just amazing to see Mike just continue to do amazing things. So if you want to check out a bit more of Mike, you can go to episode 60 of the podcast. There's heaps of links to uh, Mike's work, Toe Hider, and all the Aerion stuff as well. So just a really, really cool thing that I saw the other day. Um, also, another update. With Cell Starter, I got notified the other day that Self Starter, because I was a finalist in the Australian Podcast Awards for 2018 for Host of the Year, I am now eligible to submit Self Starter to the National Film and Sound Archive in Canberra. And uh, what that is, it's a, it's literally what it is. It's an archive in Canberra ever run by the Australian government and it catalogues uh, all sorts of sound recordings over the last 120 years of Australian history and it can be anything from um, I think the oldest recordings from 1896 and it goes right up until now. Um, there's Every single genre of music, there's, uh, poetry readings, there's sound recordings of animals and different things. It's just, uh, it's almost like one of those time capsules of just to understand the human race, you know, and, uh, and it's just amazing that, uh, self is gonna be, my voice is gonna be a part of Australian history. So, uh, yes, now officially a part of the National Film and Sound Archive. So very, very cool. Thank you very much to, Uh, David and Anna of the Australian Podcast Awards for making that happen and, of course, to the National Film and Sound Archive. A nice little win there. Moving along, this week's shout-out. Now, if you're new to the podcast, each and every week I thank somebody that supports me, supports Andy Social, Self-Starter, Lord, whatever it is, and it could be doing things such as leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Facebook, it could be buying merchandise, it could be shouting me a beer via PayPal on my Andy Social net website. It could be social media love, you know, retweeting, tagging, sharing, commenting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it could be a message of encouragement. It could be a guest suggestion, whatever it might be. It all goes a long way, small or big. Um, it keeps me motivated, driven. It helps me build all these things. And as a result, I would hope that it brings more value to you guys as well. So thank you to everyone that continues to support in a whole range of different ways. This week's shout-out, however, is for Rowan Bunting. Now, Rowan is from the band Battlegrave from Melbourne, which is a death thrash metal band, and Rowan's just been really, really positive and encourage, and really encouraging in a lot that I've been doing over the last several months, and uh, Rowan sent me a bunch of Battlegrave CDs, which I'm going to use as giveaways, um, through Lord Orders, but also through the Antisocial podcast, so... I'm going to start doing a lot more giveaways in the near future. I've got a few ideas, so stay tuned with that. Um, But Rowan's just been a real, real, he's incredibly positive. And i am yet to meet Rowan in person, and I'm really looking forward to meeting him hopefully soon. But um, he's just a super positive guy. He loves his metal, um, and he's just really, really passionate about music, but just positivity. You know, he's just really, really positive and just encouraging people uh, online, and me being one of those people as well. So. Thank you so much, Rowan, for the uh, the encouragement, the positive vibes and the messages, and also the donation of some Battlegrave CDs as well. And uh, please send me a message when you hear this, and I will flick you out something in the post, because we all love getting something in the post. So thank you once again to Rowan, and thank you to everybody else that continues to support the podcast. And uh, yeah, it means a hell of a lot, and this thing continues to build and build and build. All right, now this week's guest, as mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is with Peter Hobbs of Hobbs' Angel of Death. If you're not familiar with Hobbs' Angel of Death, they're one of our legends in the Australian metal scene. Uh, Hobbs' Angel of Death have been around since, I believe, 1987. Um, One of our thrash pioneers, and Peter Hobbs is a bit of a legend when it comes to Australian metal and Australian metal icons. And uh, this is a really cool chat, really, really cool chat. Um, We went in a whole range of different directions. We were all over the shop. Um, we did a little bit of a bit of a history lesson with Hobbs, Angela, Death in Places, but I tried to um, jump and swap between different eras of the band, and we talked on a whole range of different topics. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, actually. I'm going to just dive straight into it. Um, you can go and check out Hobbs Angel of Death on Facebook by, uh, I think it's Hobbs Angel of Death Official. So you just go facebook.com slash Hobbs Angel of Death Official. Um, but as always, go to antisocial.net and click on the show notes for this episode and everything will be in there as well. Uh, Hobbs Angel of Death uh, headlining the first night of the Steel Assassins Festival in Sydney on November 2nd. Um, so you can get tickets uh, to see them and we, Lord, are uh, headlining night two of the festival as well on November 3rd. So I'll put links to buy tickets over on antisocial.net in the show notes for this episode, as well as if you go to Lord Shows on antisocial.net, you can uh, click on the ticket links for the upcoming Lord Shows as well. So uh, more info at the end of the episode. But for now, please enjoy this really, really cool chat with Peter Hobbs of Hobbs Angel of Hobbs-
1: No, I was diagnosed 12 months ago with global chronic heart failure. Ah,
0: I didn't know. No, sorry to hear, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I fucking, I need a heart transplant. and I ain't going to get one. Well, for starters, they wouldn't give me one. Yeah. And um, there's well, because everything else in the body's been abused that heart mm. over the last fucking 48 years. It's What would I join it? But There's nothing to join it to.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: You know what I mean?
0: Well, I guess um, just try and get a few more miles out of it, I guess.
1: Well, that's it, Matt, you know, so that's why I cancelled. I, I, I can't tour anymore. I can't fly overseas or anything. So I had to pull the pin on that.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I'd say the last thing I'm doing... Well, I'm going to try and do is the one up in Sydney, hmm. and um, just fucking send St. John ambulances there and fucking whatever. <laughs> that's how fucking that's that's how it is, bro. That's, wow. Fucking that's how I write. So it could it could be you a pretty know? eventful show. Is which.
0: <laughs> it could be very eventful. Oh, yeah, I had no idea. So, because I was the first thing I was going to ask you straight away was what What's the go with the last Sydney show ever on uh, for Steel Assassins in Sydney? And um, you've you've got a pretty legitimate reason there. So, yeah, that's not not good to hear. But I mean, at least I mean at least is still trucking along as it is now.
1: So, I mean, I guess you just do. It yeah. Again. Well. Yeah. So Dave D- said to me, "It doesn't matter." Fucking come up there, do what you can possibly do, mm. and, and that's it, Pete. That's fucking how it's gonna be.
2: Okay. absolutely.
1: So I've got a, got a line up for, um, for doing that from here, and um, giving a, giving an unknown young buck a shot so he can put it into his, <coughs> excuse me, he can put it into his fucking CV. Yeah. And um yeah, we just mate, just gotta fucking do it, you know. I'm yeah. in the process of mo- I'm in the process of moving to New South Wales.
0: Oh right, uh, whereabouts? Uh Eden. Oh right. Yeah, right down the south coast.
1: Yeah, so nice part of the world. Just to just to give myself some um bit more future to look forward to and take mum up there with me, she's fucking like not good either. Yeah. And we lost that you know, a few months ago too. Mm. So, mate, fucking, it's just how it is. So, I'm coming up there to fucking torment Marlin and Tuna and fucking this band from Sydney called Lord. <laughs> beware! <laughs> Look out! Hell's coming. <laughs> That's it. Beware! He's fucking. He's only half. He's only fucking two hundred k down the coast. Be careful. <laughs>
0: I love it. Well, I, I tell you what. I mean, I've got um, I've got a, an indirect relative that lives down Eden Way, and um, it's a it's a hell of a nice place in the in the world. So I could think of certainly worse places to to rest up and and chill out a bit.
1: Yeah, you know, like I'm not in the main town of itself. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm out on a new estate. It's fucking beautiful, man. It yeah. really is cool. And now if I fucking put it above it, it's just oh boy, fuck who wouldn't want to die out there, you know what I mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I've got the boats, so that's what I'll be spending my time
0: with. I could think of worse things and, than
1: that. Um, and just enjoy life, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I that's think
1: that's been, the one. I think
0: you've been running mm. around for a few years now, so that's probably a well-deserved, <coughs> well-deserved break. Mm. Sorry? It's probably a well-deserved break now after all the years of running around.
1: Well, that's it. And I mean, like, it it took a really bad hit in the 90s. Mm. And now all of a sudden it's picking up good. Yeah. It really is picking up good. P&O ships are coming in there. They're deciding whether to make it a port where you can buy it to go and whatever for uh, fucking trips, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they've done a fair bit of work up there.
0: That's good. Very good. Um, I'm going to be all over the shop with this because I've got a whole bunch of dumb questions and stuff that you probably answered yep. a million times. We're so going to try and put a bit of a different spin on it. So I'm going to yep. jump all over the place. I'm not going to do the, you know, the Ray Martin, this is your life, Peter Hobbs. But <laughs> I'll I'll try and yep. uh, pick out a few things that uh, you know that I've always been curious about and uh, love to love to hear it from your gob rather than than anybody else's. But I mean, the big thing that I've always sort of, and I've never bothered to actually sit down and have a chat to you about it until now is when you when you guys recorded that first album in Germany, and I think, what was it, like 87 or 88 or something like that? I mean, you guys were in Berlin in the late 80s. What the hell was that like, you know, around that time? and And there's a lot of, you know, great German metal bands that were sort of active around that time as well. Did you have any sort of connections with any of those guys, especially the thrash bands at the
1: time? Um, well, I knew, I knew actually a lot of those bands before I even left to go, mm. you know, like we do because of the tape trading and years ago and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I was heavily involved with the, uh, with the scene, you know, like with Tyrus before and I saw a vision of what I wanted out of them you know, <clears throat> and we used to, uh, you know those things called big pens? Yeah. Yeah, they used to have a, it was like a plastic thing and it had ink in it. <laughs> and you used to sort of push it on, on this stuff called paper.
0: Oh, and now you've lost me now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and we used to, we used to call it writing.
0: Yeah, right.
1: I'm, I'm following <laughs> and you'd, Yeah, and you'd write to these people that live far away. <laughs> and you'd fucking grab a pigeon that flew past and put it in its fucking leg. Oh, you're that old, are you? And send it off. <laughs> yeah, nah, just the old, the old technology, bro. Yeah, and you know, like it was a long process to do a lot of those things, and same as like contracts, uh, trying to do deals and not even trying to do everything. it was either faxes or a telephone call. It was it was hard, you know, but. I think I'm old school, so I love the old ways and how it all is. But no, I spend a lot of time with the, you know, with those sort of people. And, um, of course I, I traveled a fair bit before I even went to Germany. So I did a, a pre, um, pre-promotional sort of little tour and knocked on all the doors and went to all the record companies and I had that demo with me. So. It, it made it made interest and made things a bit easier, you know. Mm. And I lived there for a little while in uh, England, so I could be in the sort of game, and I I could travel across the uh, channel, and I could be very close to see what was going on. But in the end, you got to come back to Australia. It's just, just it's just the ultimate place to live, you know.
0: Did that help at the time living in, in England? Like in hindsight, did it, did it give you a bit of an advantage? There's things that you, you would have missed out on if you were still trying to work it all out of Australia?
1: Um, well, I, I went to a lot of companies when I was living in England mm. and it did make life easier. <clears throat> but at the same time there, there was, every, there was a lot of the companies, Angie, that wanted to tie up Austro- an Australian band. Mm. So there was me and there was mortal sin.
3: Yeah.
1: And they were just waiting. They were waiting for me to sign the dot on, on dotted line. And I thought, oh, I just want to wait. And I thought, I've got a bit more to offer yet. And I and there was a company that I want, really wanted. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. So I said, look, I'm not signing nothing. I'm going back home. I want to do another demo. And then I'll send you that, and we'll see what happens from there. So I came back to Australia, hooked up with another lineup. I don't know more lineups, and I was changing my jobs. I tell (laughs)
0: you, I'll ask you about that later.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and uh, yeah, we we just uh, I I came back. I went through lineup changes of the previous of the demos and got another one. Anyway, I did another demo, sent it back to the company that I was interested in and they said to me, yep, you're on, we want you. So that was it, you know, and just sort of had that opportunity and I, I think and I believe that I was the first one from Australia to be ever flown back and to do a production there with wow. Harris Johns and the people that I chose to be involved with
0: would have been a pretty pretty exciting time you know at that point in time, because as you said, like being you know the, the first and sort of being a bit of a pioneer for for metal in, especially in that part of the world as well i mean uh, maybe at the time you're probably just just going with the flow and the motion of it all, but I mean you know looking back now it seems pretty pretty incredible
1: yeah um it's it, it sort of like I, I looked at America as well. And Americans don't don't believe we exist until we actually go there, you know? Mm. But they think that we're uh, we just we're just not real. And like when you get there they go, Oh, you came here I think, well <laughs> well what the fuck do you think? Oh, I I I was just joking, you know. <laughs> But um, you know how it is. yourself, travel, you travel the world too, bro. You know, you know also the differences of, of what is what is real and what is not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and being English, um, I've always had that European edge.
3: Yeah.
1: So you know, as as time went on, I, I did get to America and, and do I had to do there too, and accepted extremely well. You know, but uh, the European edge I've always had—that more sort of, um, what can we say, Uh, dirtier. Hmm. Not, not so much. uh, To me, I've always thought that uh, American has been a slightly polished thing.
2: Yeah,
1: where Europe. We've left it that raw, that raw sort of edge, but then uh, America at the time too, in the eighties, the they were they were seeing what Europe was doing too, and they became and left with the raw edge as well, mm. and that's how Slayer became and everybody else.
0: I think I think a lot of those, you know, if you look at some of those earlier sort of harder thrash bands from from Europe. You know, and they had that really sort of raw sound. And then, you know, a lot of that sort of early 80s where, you know, black metal sort of kicked off with, you know, battery and all that. And even Venom from the UK, you know, I mean, a lot of that stuff comes from or probably more the sort of Eastern European countries where, you know, you had a lot of adversity in, you know, First and Second World Wars. There's a lot of generational sort of uh, struggles that people have had. So it's sort of a lot of that stuff sort of comes out through... Through music, and so you've it's sort of you can hear it in, in that sound, and I think when you said that polished description for a lot of american metal um to begin with anyway, I mean I think it was just a, it was a different background, different generations and yeah, they went to war, but it was a different it was a different type of war for them compared to what a lot of you know European countries have had to go through for you know in in some cases hundreds and hundreds of years, but definitely in the last sort of you know century or so yeah. there's been a lot of generational. Struggles, so you, you that rough edge that they that they had that dirty aspect of it, which sort of oozed out a lot of that shit that they've had to deal with for for so many generations.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, Andy, because like um, when when we were there in in the uh, late eighties, the the Berlin Wall was there. Mm. East was separated from West. You know, we used to go to Checkpoint Charlie at lunch break and have a look over the fence and fucking. Dodged bullets, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was sort of like when Checkpoint Charlie was there, there were sets that you could actually get up and stand on and look over to the other side of the wall. Fucking hell, man, it was grey. Mm. There was a, a totally different sort of feel about it. You had your, you had your black and white on one side and, and the other side was very grey, very depressing feeling and, um you could see the hardness of what it was mm. you know and and even a, a lot of a lot of the European and Germans today they they um they want to forget about it yeah. you know they just don't want to know about it anymore they're uh, very they <laughs> think that the change, you know what I mean mm. they want to forget. And, I, and, I, and I've had many interviews over the years, and, and even like when I first got there in the eighties, I said, "What about the main? Come on, isn't that? <laughs> are you finding that insulting or whatever?" And I've always said, "Look, you, you cannot change history." Uh, I said, "My mother was running around as a kid at school, hiding under tables from bombs coming in the England." Mm. You know, we can't change the fact of what happened. We just got to learn, learn from it. You
0: know, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean yeah. and you can try to ignore it and try and you know not talk about it and put in conversation, but it's so ingrained in people. It's in their DNA. And you know, as as the generations pass on, you pass on those stresses and the stories and the struggles, and it just it you can't. It'll it'll surface again in one way or the other. So it's if anything, it's probably unhealthy to sort of try and forget about it and try and put it put it behind you. You have to sort of you have to reflect on it, and, and that's where that's where you learn and you grow from it. But I mean, I guess it's easy for me to say, sort of, you know, a few generations in in Australia and having a pretty pretty cushiony upbringing compared to what other yeah. people have had. But it's uh, mm, it, it yeah. is interesting to see how other people have had to, you know, had to adjust and and move on with um, you know a lot of a lot of shit that's happened over over the last century. Well,
1: that's right, bro. You know, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of us are very lucky that we never even went through that. You yeah. uh, know? And like even even when I toured toured Europe and gone through uh Bosnia, gone through Serbia and gone through some pretty sort of thick areas when they were having their troubles through the the nineties and two thousands and not that long ago. You know what I mean? And fucking hell, mate. We we were driving through some towns and the fucking bullet holes are still in the walls of the houses and you think Fuck, this this wouldn't have been fun, you know no so but anyway we, we move on and uh, and I think a lot of the people have moved on and and now they they know what freedom is and they enjoy the freedom that's offered today you know mm. yeah
0: absolutely and I mean when when you guys are in Berlin at the time did you I mean I guess, did you bring a bunch of guys over with you to record or did you pick people? I think you mentioned before you, you sort of picked people to record on the album over in Germany?
1: Yeah, they came from um, they came from Australia, of course. Uh, Wooly, Phil and uh, Darren McMaster-Smith. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. Phil was the only one that didn't play on the demos. Yeah, okay. And uh, we were looking there. I was looking for a bass player and... Mate, I was, I was I was scraping. I was scraping to find somebody that would take on the job. Um, everybody was everybody was slightly scared. They worried about their jobs. They worried about their girlfriends leaving them. think, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Come on, this is a chance of an opportunity. So fucking hell, grab it! Come on. So the people that went, yeah, we uh, grabbed them by the horns. And, uh, went and done a great album, did a few shows back here in, uh, Melbourne and, um, Adelaide, I think Sydney. And then again, ready for lineup changes. Mm. And it's sort of always had that sort of battle of the lineup changes. Not everybody can see the vision. Yep. Like, like I, like I have and I see I'm a go getter. And I sacrifice everything. Mm. I don't. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I want what I want, and I I take the consequences afterwards. Like I gave. I gave up good jobs all my life to do what I've done. Yeah. And um, in the end, I I didn't worry about it anymore because I could do things for myself, so it didn't sort of matter. But when you run along in a band where people work, they need their cash flow to survive, you have to it's, – it's, it's a fact. You can't stop. So, sadly, somebody's got to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, geez, I mean, we've – I think we probably, you know, from a Dungeon and Lord point of view, the whole sort of spam, we're probably pretty similar to – to you, or getting close to mm-hmm. to the amount of people that have been a part of the band over the years, and it's a it's a similar sort of mm-hmm. concept where, you know, Tim's been there since day dot, and he's had that vision from when he was a kid, and that's all he's ever wanted yeah. to do. And even now, like you know, the way that we talk and we're you know writing new music, it's still it's still there, and that passion's still there, and it'll always be there. You'll never be able to get it
1: out of him. And yeah, I mean, it, I've got, I've got I've got a lot of respect for Tim because. I know how when Dungeon started, I I, I know how was using and what he wanted. Mm. And he's still there today. And fucking hell, he's one of the best guitarists ever come out of this country. Mm. And the vocals, too.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, the, the guy is uh, very lucky that he can do both, sing and play at the same time. But uh, no, I've always had um, more respect for him.
0: Yeah.
1: It's... So good on him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I've been lucky to, to sort of you know be able to be able to keep pace with him for the most part over the, I don't know how long I've been in the band now but you know you see you see the same challenges that you've seen over the years where you know mm. maybe it's living in Australia maybe that's part of the problem is that you know the opportunities aren't just there at your fingertips from a music point of view and and we come from very sort of traditional backgrounds of you know generations of you know blue blue-collared workers and you think about stability of jobs and and that's the most important thing putting you know food on the table and you know you can't just jump out know, down the road and and play another another major city you know you've you've got to travel hundreds of kilometers to the next town to play a show and and it's not as popular as maybe in Europe, so that's probably half the reason. But, you know, we've many times you had to sit cool. down and have a conversation with someone and say, you know, we're, we're going we're to keep moving. And they say, well, I can't. And you go, that's cool. And you have to try and find someone else.
1: Yeah. You know, like, it's it's, it's an accepted accepted fact that we live a long way from the action. And for us and for whoever wants to follow a dream, mm that's a part of the dream that you have to take on. It, it's, you, can't have you, you can't have you cake and eat it. You know, like, like I said just previously, Australia is a great country to live in. Mm. It gives you some great opportunities and um, it's a sacrifice to actually have to give up for such a short time to go and follow that dream. You do the dream and when you return you got fucking nothing and you go fuck what do we do now <laughs> yeah so that's all part of growing up it is
0: absolutely did you, you know? when you went out to the uk to live for a bit did you um i mean did when you obviously after the album you came back to australia did you ever over you know the years after that ever consider relocating you know back to i don't know back to england or or to somewhere in europe at all to try and sort of Kick it up a notch or was it always just australia's where where you've got to base yourself and that's just that's just the way that's going to be
1: um look I, I was married i was married at the time i was married at the time when i was in Tyrus, so i i got married when i was very young and um i was lucky enough to have a, a partner that uh, supported everything i did and uh gave me that opportunity to go and do what i did <coughs> and um I, I went back a, a couple of times, and then I got to a stage where, okay, now when I come here, I need a lineup, mm. and then I couldn't find one there because I would be only there for such a short stay. Yeah, it made it hard. So it was either the the choice of totally again relocating. And go back there or stay here.
2: Yeah.
1: And after already taking a few hits in the beginning, I'm thinking mm, sometimes you gotta weigh it up too, you know?
0: Is that, is that a so, big, was that a big reason why sort of I mean between that and you know having people come and go in the band like the reason why there was such a a big gap between the two albums well the first two albums i should say
1: um look i, I think i think a lot of the issue there was and you see it as you get older you hang around negativity and you become disillusioned mm. and you're thinking fuck I can do this, I know I can do it, but there's a pain in the ass, there's a fucking another one to the left, there's another one to the right, and it didn't seem to matter what sort of road you went down, it would be a continuous head fuck and a problem, you know? Mm. And in the end I thought, nah, fuck this, I'm going fishing. (laughs) So I went fishing, that's what I love doing today too, and I... Bro, I caught this fucking whale and it towed me around for nearly 10 years. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I thought, this this fucking Moby Dick, he's just too big. I ain't going to get this fucking guy. So I cut the line and I found myself talking to a few people and next minute I know I'm in a band again. Yeah. And that's when Inheritance started. Uh, that second album um, I think in 94 I would probably would have been probably only thrash band still maybe around mm. from Australia everybody else had turned Slayer so was still going of course Metallica was still going all the, all the big names were still going a lot of great um, great new Australian bands were coming in as well and uh, but then the the scene had changed. It had gone to grindcore. It wasn't so much thrash anymore. So I tried to keep the thrash. I, I just do what I do. I write what I want to write. And I write for people that's going to enjoy it. I think it's very hard to, <clears throat> to, to keep writing and writing and writing for a special audience. Mm. So, yeah, that's what took the time there. And, so and then, of course, probably the same amount, coming back around and do it and
0: win. <laughs> Well, I mean, that second album versus the last album that you put out a couple, well, it's getting to about two years ago now, I mean, that would have been a completely mm. different thing again because, as you said, like the the 90s, the, the, the attention was elsewhere. People, the you know, the flavour of the month was different. And mm. and then sort of, you know, 2016, you go and release the the next one. And, you know, yep. there's been a massive resurgence in the last, you know, decade or so, you know, especially the sort of the last five or so years. But, you know, yeah. it would have been, I'm, I'm assuming from you know, for you, it would have been a, a completely different experience again.
1: Um, yeah, see, same sort of thing. I, I went off and I, I did what I wanted to do. I, I built up rides. I built cars. I'm... Um, I need to be doing something all the time, you know. No. So and when I put my mind into something, I got a tunnel vision. Yeah. And the same sort of thing happened. I, I, I went off building cars, having a radical time, I went to the Philippines, I went crazy, I went stupid, had some great times, had some bad times, had some laughs, had some cries. And come two thousand twelve, I again I got asked you ever thought about wanting to play again? I thought, not really, but it could be fun. Boom, there we go again. The band's on fire again. <laughs> and then from two twelve to I started getting hits. I was getting a lot of uh, inquiries. Do you want to tour America? Do you want to tour here? Do you want to come there? And that's when... Um, you know, a few uh, members from Australia helped me, and we went on a few tours. And then I hooked up with um, the Italians, which are on the album, and the Swede. Yep. That are in my European lineup. If maybe one day I get on the fucking boat and row there, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we can still do something, mm. but it was it was the the Italians. Um, like Alicia, a bass player, he's like my son. These guys are like my sons. Yeah, that are in the lineup for uh, Europe, <coughs> and they they made it they made it easy and not so stressful for me. Like they knew, like we'll do all the lugging. we'll do the lifting. don't worry. Just you go do what you got to do. So fuck it. I just used to go off in a coma and get myself ready to play that night, and I was cool. Yeah, (laughs) You know, so it was, um, I think it was a a respectful ride, Andy. Mm. It was really good. They made it easy. They didn't break my balls. They just let me do what I had to do, let me think about what I wanted to think about. (laughs) And then um, next thing, we were in the studio. I mean, I recorded that album three times in not bed. With, uh, different lineups and, until I found the right one. And the last one that came out, that was if I was happy with it. I produced it myself. I knew exactly what I wanted. Um, it's it the studio I went in was comfortable. It was good. And I had the right people around me to make that last, that last album that I believe this is a good one. This is a good album to write. Give back the gifts of all the bands that I've loved and that have influenced me. Put it all into one album and give that back to the industry as a gift. Yeah. And that's how that's how it came, you know. So there's a lot of influences on there, um, a lot of bands that have influenced me, a lot of bands that I've influenced uh, throughout the years. And it was just... Um, put everything I had and let it out there, and and that was it. Had my stamp on the cover and my um, hob symbol, and that's it. How how did that
0: go down with you know? I mean, obviously. You've got a pretty loyal fan base of people that, you know, follow follow you guys and follow what you've been doing since day dot, but how did I mean, compared to the nineties where, you know, the attention was elsewhere and there was a bit of a struggle for 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 a lot of bands, I mean what was what was the difference? Did you did you get a different type of reaction from people? Um I don't
1: know. I think from like over the years, Andy and and being in the scene for so long and Also, like getting out there and doing it, I've I've, I've been a sort of lucky guy in a sense where I've been accepted into the industry, I have respect for the industry, and it wasn't that hard. I mean, I I actually signed deals and the labels and never even heard Heaven Bled. They hadn't even heard it. That's great. And they signed signed me up and, and said, well, can we please hear it now? And I said, "Well, just send it off to plan to make it. You won't be disappointed." Mm -hmm. And and from all the labels and, holy fuck, this this is good, man. This is what we. This is what we wanted. Yeah, And, and it worked. You know, the reviews were really good. We got number one in a lot of the charts everywhere. Um. It had a great response and without being egotistic, I believe in the future that that album will become cult as good as the first.
0: Oh, it's it's time, isn't it? It's like it's like a lot of things things age age well and the longer that they're there yeah. they, they sit there and they got time to, to sort of grow on their own and, and people always look back with this sort of a nostalgic feeling as well. They listen to stuff in a period of that you know, in their life or whatever. That's why people love, mm. you know, a lot of classic albums. I mean, they, they, they're they great and they're great songs, but mm. a lot of people look back fondly because they're listening to it in a defining period of time, you know, in their life personally or whatever's going on in the world. And there's so many different reasons why an album has longevity. And, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that album will most definitely sit there with, with the first two, you know, on the same level. And as the years go on, it may <clears throat> surpass them as well.
1: Mm. It's the debut album is uh it's a fact, it's it's cult.
2: Yeah.
1: It's uh it's up there with the top six. Uh it's been shown that in uh reviews, uh glass. It's uh it's it was one of the best things of that uh of the eighties. Up there with raining blood in that era. Mm. Um so I, I'm very, very grateful that um I was able and had the opportunity to do it. I had some great musicians to help me do it. And, um, you know, like I said, when I come back, uh, they wish to go separate ways and I, I've always wished them best. Yeah. Always wish them the best of, of any future or anything they've ever even done up to today, you know. So we were, we were very lucky. We, we were lucky to have that. And I see in time, like I just mentioned, that I think Evan Bred will have that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, you can you, well, tell me when you get when you get to where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me how it was doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that for sure. I I, I just mm. think I think time time does a lot of favors for well, it does a lot of uh it does a lot of disadvantages for for lots of different things and people, but um, I think it time can also be a, a great uh benefit for for many things and music's one of those things that can really benefit with time, so no doubt it's going to it's gonna continue to to build. And, and especially now, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, there's so much music at everyone's fingertips these days that, you know, sometimes it, it takes several years for people to even get around to listening to something. You know, they have every intention, but there's a million different things getting thrown at their face or in their ears. And, um, you know, it's never been easier to write an album and record it. And, you know, a lot of it's shit, but it's never been easier. So there's so much noise out there. That um, you know the really good oh, stuff might take years to to be discovered. So you you might find that uh, well, it's like any of the classic albums anyway. I mean, I still discover stuff from the seventies now. I wasn't even born then, and so it's just yeah, the, it's the it's wonders just, of music. It's just it's fantastic that I
1: think I think that the battle the battle today of the younger generation. Oh, it must be, it must be, it must be hard work. <laughs> oh, excuse me, and I think that's what happened. There's a lot of things that happened in the scene today, which I just totally am against. Um, a lot of people have, have lost, have lost respect of of the way they go around things. Mm. Um, it it doesn't pay to tread on people's toes because I, I know, I know as I'm almost 60 and I know what it's been like to even live to the age that I'm at. You don't fuck over people.
2: Yeah.
1: You just do things by merit and have to learn, have to take the hits. No matter what. If if you're not getting to where you're going, there's something the chemistry or the formula that isn't working. You can't buy it it don't no matter what you do. You need to earn it by your your craft, your art, has got to make make it for you to get somewhere.
0: And those and those, are, I mean, there's I know I know what you're saying because there's, there's heaps of bands out there that are trying to find shortcuts in a number of different ways, and you know it could be it could be um, you know not playing playing fair with um, you know other people that are doing similar things to them, you know peers in, in music and, and whatever, but um you know and they might get a little bit of a short term win and uh might get their head above the pack and everyone sort of looks behind and goes oh jeez like you know how the hell do they get uh, get all this attention yeah. but a lot of the time those things it's like you know the the whole flame thing you know they can they can burn out really quickly and then within a few years you sort of go who like who are they and they just disappear and it's usually it's those guys that just stick stick to it and they just keep going and they keep slogging and it's you know certainly what you've been doing over the years where you know regardless of all the the crap that you've had to deal with over the years with people coming and going and just you know things changing life happening you you come back to it and the name's there and the name's got legacy and there's there's a story attached to it and people identify with it and so when you when you come back years later, you you come back with the same consistency that you've had beforehand. It's the same code of ethics that you you run by, and and people know what to expect when when they see they see the name, and and you stay true to that. And I think that's where a lot of bands don't get it. They they're looking for they're looking for the win. They're looking for what what can they what can they can achieve this year to get ahead of the pack when they're not thinking yeah. about where they're going to be in five, ten, you know, twenty years plus time.
1: Yeah, I. I, I think you know as well as I do that there is no shortcut in my life. No. It, it ain't going to happen. It, it just isn't there. It's like me the other day. I thought to myself, fucking hell, I, I need a plane. So I rung up the the flying school. and I said, how long does it take to get an airplane license? <laughs> and he goes, oh, about that, six months if you pick it up good. And I said, what about if I forget about all the theory and just do the practical? Can I get any quicker? And he said, uh, fuck, I'll be telling all your mates to start bucking now. <laughs> and and I thought, he must be saying, he must be saying that for a reason.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, so... <laughs> I can't go. I can't go and buy my license at an Airport, mate. That going to happen. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> dude. I mean, can I actually? I'll, I'm going to shift it a little bit because I'm. I'm going to test the waters here, and you can tell me if you don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But we could be here, and I know you said you could talk for ten hours, and uh, yeah. and I'll try not to. I'll try not to get it out to that length. But can we talk about religion a little bit? <coughs>
1: You
0: can ask me whatever you want, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I wouldn't say I'm a really, really strict atheist, but I have my moments and I've yep. and I've got a bunch of chips on my shoulder over the years just from what I've experienced and what I've seen around me and and I'm very, very critical of a lot of things. But I think I'm more agnostic that rather than probably a hardcore atheist. But mm. I mean what your persona has been on stage and the way that you've put yourself out there, you know, the music and everything like that from anybody that's had any sort of religious connection. Um, you know, they would use the word blasphemous when they see what you, you know, your, your portrayal on stage and, and, and what you've put out there. And I just, I'm really curious because I, I get it and, and I enjoy a lot of what you do. And, and I have a lot of sort of, I have a lot of struggles with how I have, I don't know, just lived with a lot of this stuff, and and you know, you growing, coming from England and having those, those, that heritage behind you, and you know, we've grown up in a very sort of Christian, uh, you know, society, um, with, you know, mm. the government, laws, everything sort of being run with an underlying pin mm. of, of religion being sort of the, the rule of thumb. Um, I, mm. I'm just curious because, you know, is, the persona and, and what you've put out on stage, is it—is it sort of that same intensity that you have personally or is it, a, is it a different type of intensity or is it a different sort of view that you have personally compared to what you what you put
1: out there? Well, if I tell you something, you've got to keep it to yourself.
0: Yeah, right, it's just us talking.
1: They, they let me out of the fucking nutty to do the tours and have a bit of a fucking drink up on the weekends, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, they... Uh, that uh, all jokes aside. No, look, I, I come from a dark background. Mm. My ancestors, my family, my um, whole family comes from a, a dark side, um, always has been, and I don't know whether you've done by research or whatever, but... Hobbs is another name for the devil. Mm. Uh, they changed it from H-O-B, S to ho throughout the decades to uh, not somewhat hide it, but I, I can't answer that, but there's a reason why it was changed. Mm. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, look, I've always been into... The dark side of things, I've always found it so interesting. I've been involved with that area for many, many years. Um, As is believing to follow, I'm the sort of guy that I don't like the system, Mm. but I've learned throughout the years I've got to run along beside it. When I need the system, I jump on it. And when I don't need it, I jump back off it. Mm. Nobody in in their right frame of mind could actually live a way of being in total darkness. I gave it a good shot. You end up being fucking sick, depression, suffering a lot of anxiety, suffering a lot of stuff, man, negativities. That's enough to break one within itself. Mm. Um, I have a presence on stage of being so blasphemous, and that gives me a, a an opportunity in my life to let out what I have within. Um, because if you lived a normal life, how what I've been explained on how I am on stage to people, this fucking guy should be in a fucking money house. (laughs) You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: But everybody knows and he knows that, yes, I have a fucking bad temper. Um, I can be arrogant at times. Uh, I can be rude at times. But a lot of it is is frustration to set across what I want to do and, my goals, you know um, I have been asked many times through interviews at my Antichrist, whatever I can portray to whatever anybody wants to see in me it's it it's it's you can either. Judge me for what they think they are, or or whatever. Mm. You know, I know what is right and I know what is wrong.
0: Is that just your own code of ethics? Like, you know, what? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I've I've got sort of a bit of a rational mind, and I just think, well, exactly what you said. I know what's right and wrong. I don't need I don't need a rule book to tell me, you know, what, yeah. what, what my conscience should be. Um, mm. and I think it's pretty black and white the way I look at it. But is that is that similar for you? It's just, you know, you, you understand. Oh, mate,
1: fucking, I'm, I'm either the windows up or the windows down. <laughs> it, it can't be halfway.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like I'm an extremist. I'm I'm extremist at everything I do. Mm. If I'm going to try and jump when I was a kid on a push bike, I a jump and I wanted to clear the house. Fuck, I was trying to fucking jump the neighborhood. (laughs) You know, it was, there's there's been no small steps to me. If I had to go swimming, I'd be jumping in the deep end. Mm. You know, it's just, yeah, I'm a lot like you. Black and white, there's no grey. Yeah. But as I got older and as time went past I needed the grey to balance
3: mm.
1: now I'm learning that um, you know like I'm, I'm making changes in in my life at the moment and uh, doing what I've got to do to be happy you know so and as I mentioned just before being around in the dark side, that is where you're going to be. Mm. And you don't get the opportunity to have a taste of the, should we say, a bit of those sunbeams. Yeah. And you need the sun. Yeah. It's like we need the rain. We we need the water. We need everything.
0: It's that balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And and in the end, Andy, <clears throat> don't matter how tough, how mad, how wild one thinks one can be, there's always something looming ready to get you. <laughs> you know. So, you know. As for I respect, I respect others' ideas. Depends Depends what it is, Mm. you know, like all this Muslim stuff and we won't even go down the road of that. I I just fucking do not believe in half of that shit. Mm. It it just, that is not human at all, you know. Mm. Um, Look, it's suck it and see. If it works for you, have a crack. If it don't, you learn, you work it out.
0: I'm a bit similar to you in well where I've I got a level of respect where I think you can do whatever the hell you want if it doesn't impact or hurt anybody else. And if you want if you want to do something ridiculous at home and you got some you well, know, it could be anything you, you're into something ridiculous or you got a weird fetish or you know you want to start worshipping some crazy looking god or whatever it is that's that's completely yeah. up to you and if it makes you happy and gives you fulfillment then more power to you. Yeah, correct. It's it's when it starts to seep and and impact other people that's when it becomes an issue, and that's that's I guess that's Mm. a big problem. But I mean, I've I've had to I've had to soften a little bit because I mean, I've I've grown up in a family with a lot of you know a lot of a lot of sort of Christian roots and and um and. You know parents and and everybody that's you know had had a lot of that in the history and and I get along with my family really really well but I've there's been a lot of me getting confused with you know where I sit in the grand scheme of things and so that leads to a lot of frustration and you want to rebel and all that kind of stuff and so you get to that black and white stage where you think you know fuck it fuck off all that stuff yeah. and and you've got no time for it whatsoever and and then you start to think well. Everybody needs something and some people rely on different things to get them through life and... You know, and if people find happiness in different things, then you know that yeah. good on them. And and I might roll my eyes sometimes when I hear what you know certain people are into or what they believe, and you think, oh God, really? But um, you know, in the end, it's you know I I'm, I'm sure I do a bunch of stupid things that people look at me and go, why the hell do you do that or why the hell are you into that? And, and, and I think it's perfectly fine, and I'm I'm happy and content. So you know, it's it's uh, the roles are no doubt reversed in, in with other people as well
1: yeah i mean it's a right. it's 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 the same as everything how you want to be treated you you treat others
0: yeah
1: you know and, and that's how it is you know like i always had to had to i i believe in morals um i believe in respecting um other people's properties mm. um if they're given you the opportunity to uh be around be around them uh around their fortunes and you and you give them a chance to be around yours or I I expect my things to be treated nicely as I would respect and treat theirs.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, fucking an elbow I, I know people that fuck you know I've seen it before. Well you know some of these friendly barbecues yeah, they can turn to fucking chaos, and your house is fucking destroyed.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, now you're really going to see some demons. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's and it's it's the simplicity of of as you said. I mean, it's it's respecting other people's property, but it's it's a bigger thing than that. It's respecting somebody else in general because you understand that. Somebody else's possessions, whether it be a tangible thing or an emo- like an emotional thing or whatever it is, that's that's their possessions. Yeah. It's it's their identity. It's who they are. And if you miss, yeah. if you mess with it, then it's a it's a, just a sign of blatant disrespect. You you you're not worried yeah. about anybody else but yourself, and there's a selfish aspect to it, and it just speaks volumes of what that person's character is. So um, yeah, yeah uh, to be a fly on the wall at one of those parties.
1: Oh mate. you know, like I've always had. Uh self-respect I can fuck up just like everybody else maybe even worse at times Mm. but I always I've always kept that sort of thing away from venues I play festivals I play it's always I'll and I've always said to my lineups don't ever fucking make me look bad or cause me any problems under my name that we travel with. You want to fuck up? Go do somewhere else. Actually, go do it at home when you return. Yeah. You know, and and that's how it is, bro.
0: <clears throat> well, it's like it's like getting a job. You know, you're you're working for a working for a business, and you gotta you gotta you know you gotta do the right thing and and not uh, not make that business or that employer look bad. And and that might be a really sort of uh, I don't know, very bl- I mean, bland way of looking at it, but it's the same thing in a band. You, you, you're all representing each other, or a bigger, a bigger thing, which is the name of of what it is.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I can remember when I was young. I used to go to these job interviews. First thing I used to do was walk in, stand up on the desk, have a shit, <laughs> see if the the boss laughed, and then I said, "What do you reckon? Can I have the job?" You know what I mean? It, it, People fucking do shit
0: like that, yeah, yeah, and then and then they think, "Fuck, why didn't I get the job?" Yeah, yeah, and it's just a it's a lack of it's a lack of awareness, like a lack of their own awareness, like you know them where they are, and I mean they they're so self absorbed in themselves, but they don't understand. There, where they are with everybody else around them, like them in context with you know the people that you know, whether it be friends, family, or work colleagues, or just the general public, they just they don't they don't care about them with everybody else. They just care about themselves, and that's it. And um, I do. Yeah.
1: That's what I. That's what I said about you. Jump on the system when you need it.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when you get it, you can jump off. You can jump off again. Can you remember the song many years ago? And I remember the chorus. About this dude, who went for the job interview and he had long hair. He tucked it under a hat, and uh, and he wore good clothes. Got the job, and then when he turned up for work, he fucking like, and I took I took my hat off and under my hat, and this long hair come flying out. And you know what? I, mean? I can't remember the song.
2: No, I don't
1: know. Imagine me working for you. Oh, I can't remember. It's a cool song.
0: I'll have to look it up.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. It was something he went to the job interview and put the hair under his hat and got the job. And then he was out there and working. He just ripped off his hat and the long hair fell out and took off his and mate, covered in tattoos. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> oh. Imagine me working for you. I'll have to look it up.
0: I I, I don't know it. But I mean I've I've had that for over the years, you know, trying to trying to go for jobs and take one look at yeah. you and go, oh, "Oh, yeah, like, you know, you look a bit rough around the edges with your long hair or whatever and you sort of then yeah. you try and explain to them they're like, "Oh, you know, what do you what do you do outside of work?" and you go, oh, "Play playing a band." And they're like, "Oh, here we go." And so there's and there's a bit of a judgment there and if you you know, you know, most of the time you don't even get successful of getting the job, but um if you are, then it's um it's always an uphill battle because you just you're always well at least you feel like you're on the outside anyway, um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's a challenge. It's it's definitely a challenge. Certainly is. So, virgin metal. Would you still class Hobbs as virgin metal? <laughs>
1: Uh, p- probably not. Probably not anymore. i things with this is a, is a, is a dark, is a, is a dark, satanic trash band. You know, it's it, it's what it is. It's um, I, I, I. The whole idea of, of, of Virgin Metal is was not to be fucked over by anybody. Mm. And I think probably over the years, well, yeah, I was. So, and I had to rebuild again and turn it into what I believed and what I could do. So I would class myself now as um, a, a... a, a black a black thrash band from John Australia Hold of the Death
0: there you go simple as that
1: yeah you know it, it, it's it's on the band yeah I'm not better I'm not better than anybody else never went out to be I, I went out to succeed
3: mm.
1: but I wanted to be me I didn't want to try try and copy others Now I've listed out
0: to an individual. Over the last year, you know, just dealing with all the health stuff and Mm -hmm. and you making, you know, and you mentioned before, you know, making decisions to to relocate and sort of wind down. I mean, and you've mentioned the grey area as well, but has, you know, what's the outlook been... After sort of getting a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a hit in the face with with reality of you know your your mortality and and just I don't know is there has there been a lot of reflection over the last twelve months of just dealing with all this sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, due to my health.
0: Oh yeah, well yeah, I mean just what you mentioned when we first started chatting and just sort of what you've been what you've been dealing with has it been I don't know like I. Has it been a, a bit of a moment to reflect on everything and sort of see where you sit in the world? Or is it, you know, is it, I don't know, yeah, how has it, has it sort of impacted you?
1: Um, actually, it's, it's, not been, it's not been an easiest thing to accept for me because I actually, over the last 12 months when I got diagnosed with this um, global heart issue and global heart failure issue, um, and the uh, heart muscle is very damaged. Top valves are very damaged. Um, uh, my arteries are pretty fucking dried out. <clears throat> um, can't have stents, can't have anything like that. Uh, like I mentioned before, that, uh, need a heart transplant, but that is not going to happen because I wouldn't survive the surgery anyway now. Yeah. So, it was a fucking shock, and I had some great things lined up. I had America lined up for some good tours. I had Europe lined up with some amazing things and some really good uh, bands to play with. So I guess at the moment I feel like a gladiator mentally still wants to go out into the arena, mm. but the body fucking just will like, can't do it It, you know so yeah it's been a bit of a head bash for me so uh, a bit of emotional time but at the end of the day I think to myself I've done a lot already
3: Mm.
1: I've really earned some respect from people that matter um I've got awesome fan base um and a lot of people that know my issue and whatever, well, they think to themselves, "Well, fuck! If that guy could do it, he'd be here tomorrow." Yeah. There's a reason why he's not here, and he ain't. He don't fuck around. He don't pull punches. He gets out there and does what he does. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. So it has given me a bit of a, a bit of time to reflect upon things, Andy, um, and about the next. The next step of what I do now, you know so um, yeah I, I I'm still I'm still interested in the scene i I still keep a bit of an ear open to it <clears throat> um, yeah, but it is a it is a massive change it, it, it's just like waking up one day. And fucking no ends.
3: Yeah
1: you know, Can you imagine You know Here you are Ready to take off To um, Go on a fucking tour And God forbid Nothing fucking happens But all of a sudden Fuck me swinging I can't move me fucking legs mm. I can't move my hands I had a fucking stroke in your sleep yeah. It's all over Yeah Without
0: a warning, and I guess that's I mean that's anybody isn't it? I mean really, I mean who knows what what tomorrow's gonna bring like what what tomorrow has in store for us, and you just you just don't know, and you know obviously the you know the longer we sort of hang around on on earth and and do our thing, then you know the closer we're gonna get to eventually you know an, an expiry date but yeah, you know, um, it can happen at any time. You know, no one knows what the hell's going to happen. So, you know, it's it's. some...
1: Um, uh, I, 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 think, I think what's changed and what's made me reflect now, Andy, mm. and this is coming from an extremist and somebody that is all or nothing. All my young life and everything that I've done in life, throughout my life, I've done everything to fucking try and kill myself. And that's a fact. Mm. Fucking drinking, drugs, I've done it all. I've tried it all. And I still got through all the head fuck.
2: Yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden, now I'm thinking to myself, mm, I'm sort of doing everything I possibly can to fucking live longer.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's sometimes when it sort of, becomes that big, massive foot up the ass And you go, Well, here it is, mate.
0: Is that is that hard to deal with or is it something that you sort of go, Well, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have done all the things that I've done over the years if I hadn't have just lived the life that I've that I've lived. Like, you know, people say, Oh, I've got no regrets regardless. But, you know, do you sort of look back and go, Oh shit, like, you know, I really should have I should have taken a different path or I shouldn't have been extreme or do you just accept that that's, that, that was what your journey was?
1: Um, I've got some really, really good friends in the industry yeah. that, are, that have supported me through the decisions I've had to make, the changes I've had to make. And we have sat down and we've had the talks of like when we're well and when we're fit. We joke about gum the grey fucking sideways <laughs> until it actually is sitting there you're looking at you in the face and you think, hmm, I'd actually like to use a bit of a ladder if I've got to do it now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's one of them things, bro. You know, it, it's just, it, it's just one of those things that it can happen to anybody. And you can have a mishap getting in the car, going to work, look fucking to the left, look to the right, just make sure and have another look at the left, yeah, cool, and fucking bang.
3: Mm.
1: Something can't come from the fucking right through the red light. You can't change it. When your time's up, your time's up. But I think that when you get a little bit of a chance to have an opportunity of making a bit longer, you sort of take a bit more note than you did before. You know, like, I I know for a fact, when I got sick, I had to stop the drinking, the smoking immediately. I had to stop it. Otherwise, I, I, I died when I got to the hospital. (laughs) And they got me back. And they said, you're pretty fucked up, mate. If we can give you a chance in eight days to help you leave here, would you make an effort? I said, fuck, yeah, of course.
3: Mm.
1: But they said, you're going to find out some things on the way you're not going to like. And I thought, well, if I can get out of here, that'll be a fucking start. Yeah. <clears throat> Until in the end, I learned the problems and learned the issues. Well, it's not going to really hurt if I have a couple of smokes and a couple of beers now in moderation. Mm. And I guess that that's sort of what I should have been fucking done before. Not smoking hundred and fifty a day and a slab a day. Yeah. You know, it's but hey, it was fucking funny, man. I loved every fucking bit of it.
0: Well, that's what I was saying. I mean it's I, I don't know, I mean you're you're in you're in a different you're in a different place to certainly where I am as far as what What mm. you have experienced in the last twelve months and just just in life in general, so I mean everything that mm. I say is 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 with a big fat grain of salt you know compared to compared to what you've experienced, but you sort mm. of look and go even the mistakes that you've made or the extremes that you've taken over the years i mean they've they've influenced stories and situations and experiences and people that you've met and and it's it's made it's made you who you are for for good or and for bad. And, yeah. and so that's, that's just, it's who you are. And I mean, I don't know, it's, I mean, it, I, I can't, I can't comment legitimately on, on the situation because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not experiencing myself, but I guess yeah. it's just, um it would be a very hard thing to process, a very hard thing to sort of work through. And, and as you said before, like you mentioned, you know, you've been going through a little bit of, you know, denial along the way of just trying to, trying to accept things and, and adjust and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, um, I think there'd be a lot of a lot of mental hurdles along the way.
1: Well, um it just going back to that part about the religion and all that sort of thing mm. being where I've come from and how I've lived my life, I'd say I'd say fucking ninety percent of it has been living in denial already. Yeah. You know, that's a fact. That's how it is so i guess being already what I've done and having to relearn and think now it is um it's like preparation, I guess it's like it's like a preparation of of the next step.
0: How do you look at it?
1: Like how do you yeah how, how 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 you how you look at it today?
0: Yeah,
1: you know, like you envied your life of fucking denial. Well, it would be stupid now to go into fucking denial and fight against the issue of today. When I guess before you would just turn around and said, ah, oh, fuck, I, hope I don't give a fuck." Mm. Well, now you look and you understand what the word hope is. Yeah. Another learning process, Andy.
0: Oh, man, I'm learning every day. <laughs>
1: yeah. But <laughs> I still learn.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I still learn. And, and, I'll, and I've never been afraid to learn because I, I mean, I'm i successful in a lot of things I do. Mm-hmm building cars, boats, whatever. Not everybody knows everything. Research pays. Uh, go talk to old school people. You know, again, there's no shortcuts. No. Oh,
0: Jeez, I've got a lot to think about. <laughs> it's, I mean, oh, it's... Bruh. It's, um, I mean, oh, fuck. Yeah, sometimes you feel like you've lived a, you've lived a lifetime and then, and then you sort of just realize that, geez, like there's just, there's still so much ahead and, and there's so much to, to experience and things that you just got no clue about. And, and as you said before, like for yourself, I mean, you know, you, you're always learning, and I think everybody's learning the matter right up until the 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 last moment you know you and probably at the last moment you probably learn learn the most <laughs> the most about everything um you know at the those last sort of moments in time but yeah it's um it's i don't know it, it's it's pretty heavy stuff i mean do you sort of do you sort of look at everything a little bit more i don't know from an optimistic point of view these days i mean you mentioned before about you know, looking at uh, you know having having a bit more light in life and and being able to sort of step in both worlds, mm. you know, in the darkness and in the light. And do you look at things a little bit more from an optimistic point of view to try and search for for the happiness and, and what you do have?
1: Well, what what I what, what I made the changes in uh, in my life in the past short while mm. is I was. You imagine you 've got your minus, you 've got the zero, and you 've got the plus. Mm. i've been able to and clever enough to bring myself into the zero balance, so I don't want to be somebody that all of a sudden wants to jump on the seesaw and run to the the positive. Mm. Because that's fake. Yeah. It's not going to, not going to help me now. That's like, it's like buying time.
0: It's, a bit, it's like a different type of den- denial, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So what I've done now is I've managed to get my life into a position where I can be at the zero level. Mm. I can have one foot on either side, and I can tip on that seesaw. Yeah. And I sort of have enough enough sort of smartness now, well, I hope so, Andy, that if I put too much weight on that minor side, I don't like where I'm fucking going. No, I'd rather just sort of sit there being able to have the best of both worlds.
0: Going back to that balance.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you can be – have something, you can be believed from others about being something, and then all of a sudden somebody turns around and fucking swings to the other side, I'm not hypocrite. I've never been hypocrite. I don't want to be classed as hypocrite. <clears throat> I, I, just, I just know for me as a person to have... To find my own balance,
0: not worrying a bit about anybody else's. Well, everybody, everybody's different, aren't they? I mean, everybody's version of their own balance is is completely, completely different. You know, and mm-hmm. um, people have got different degrees of of sitting on either side of the of of that. You know, if you're using that uh, analogy of the seesaw, you know, people yeah. people sit people sit on different sides and 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 to different degrees and. And um, if everyone tried to be the same, then, well, shit, we'd we've be been, we've been in a lot of trouble. And that's what probably makes life pretty mm-hmm. interesting is that um, we've got, we got all sorts mm-hmm. of people out there that have um, different views on everything and live different ways and think different things are acceptable or are not acceptable. And, yeah, it just makes life interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've, always, I've always had that vision, Andy, of um, to find, to have success, Sometimes you've got to slip into a lot of negativity to to learn about it and then come back out of it and jump on the other side and use the positivities to balance it mm. because without going into a negativity side, you're not going to take the risks. It's like if you see a cherry out in the end of the tree, we already know, fucking hell, that's going to break you if I go and try and grab that. Do you understand where I'm going,
0: but you might, but you might try and get, grab it anyway. <laughs> you might give it a shot.
1: Well, you know, I've always, I've thought, sort fuck of, it. I just fucking jump to the cherry grab it, and I just fucking dust myself up and I hit the ground.
0: <laughs> Worry about it later when you hit the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or now, now while we think about. Fuck, is any fucking rope round here that I could sort of like flick over and fucking through that and bring it out without fucking me back? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's how it is.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like, you have to you have to live in a bit of darkness to appreciate the light as well. You know, you have to you can't be you can't be positive and you can't be happy all the time and really understand what happiness is. You can't you can't really truly be happy unless you've had experience of going through shit and living moments of, you know, struggle and whatever that is, you know, in, in your own world. And, and you know, how can anyone appreciate life? How can you get, like, a real appreciation for the people around you until you feel that you imagine them not being around and you sort of go, oh, fuck, like, you know, I do appreciate that person or I appreciate the situation I'm in because I, I, I've either experienced what it's like to not to have, certain people or things around me or, you know, I've been through something or I can imagine what it would be like and then, then you start to appreciate what being happy is. like. But you can't just always be on one side. And as the same with the negativity, you know. You can't just stay... Yeah. You can't stay in, in, in a dark space all the time and, and be able to appreciate that as well. Hmm.
1: Uh, look, I, I think it's, it's the same. Look, there's always somebody that is worse off than ourselves. Yeah. And I've always had the attitude, no matter how fucking bad it is, no matter how how much this issue hurts and how fucked up this is, with life in general and everything that we try and do in life, I always think to myself, fuck, there's always somebody worse off than me. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: So it's not, it's not that bad, Peter. mm You'll fucking get through this and just keep moving on. You know, it's, it's like, I saw something a, a while ago, a, a long time ago, and, and I've always sort of like thought about it and think, you know, like, I've always given my time to friends if they're feeling down or they're out or whatever. I've always given my time to, to give them, give them, uh, my ears, help them see different, give him a chance to talk. I'm a good listener too mm. as well, you know. <clears throat> and I remember seeing something about this guy going, fuck, he was begging for a pair of runners. Fuck, I wish I had a pair of runners to put on my feet. And then I saw this picture of this guy, I wish I had feet to put the runners on. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And you think, fuck, that ain't so bad at all. Mm. This is not that fucking bad.
0: It can always be worse,
1: you know. So, but, but that, that, that's it. That's how it is, mate. It's I don't know, horses for courses. Some of this, some of this, are meant to work our asses off until the day we die. Some of us get an easy break, right, right time, right place. And I guess back to industry of the music, we can't. We can't all be metallica's. We can't all be all the the top four. We can't all have success in everything we do. The world would be so fucking boring.
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: And nobody would have strives. No, nobody would have want. You just get up. Fuck! I'm like, was freezing eh? today. Fucking wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, that, that's it, part of the thing. Is it's the it's the the thrill of chasing something. It's the thrill of the chance of, of you know, even the slightest chance of success. And and that's what pe- that's why people get hungry for things. And that's why people put effort in and work hard. And and as you said earlier, like sacrifice so much to to go. I, I also
1: be- I also believe in the saying to chase
0: is better than the catch. <laughs> yeah, that's right, the old Motorhead song. Yeah, that's it.
1: You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you got to enjoy you know? the journey. You've got you to enjoy the process because, I mean, once you get there and you get what you want, then you sort of go, oh, all right, okay, well, is that it? Or I've done that, what's next? Mm. And then you you just, you're always moving. And I think, yeah, absolutely, mm. Chase, is, Chase is far better than the catch. And unfortunately, you sort of don't really realize, well, a lot of people don't realize that in, until it's in hindsight then they go, oh, I didn't really appreciate that, but it was actually a pretty, pretty amazing time.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's how it is. It's like when I see, when I see you put your posts up of uh, your wedding. Yeah. You know, and I think that's fucking cool. Like, he, Andy wants to have that memory of getting married every day of the week because <laughs> it's a great day. Yeah, it's a really fucking good day. I've done it three times.
3: Yeah,
1: you know, and um, and I I thought that was so cool. I thought every year I'm 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 seeing this. Oh, we just we just done it again. I'm thinking, fucking great. Enjoy life, bro. (laughs) It's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and I wish that for everybody. You know, I I I don't have. um, I'm not jealous about anything. Um, I understand that, uh, to want, you must go out, you must get it. Don't come for free. And it's hard work to have it. And it's, you, you can't, uh, you can't be bitter about things. I mean, look, we all have, we all have bitter feelings about some things. But the longer we keep them, the more it tears you up inside, but
0: even absolutely and but even even if you do get something, it's very hard for most people to be able to keep it as well,
1: so oh exactly yeah. you can have something you can have something one day and fucking lose it within ten minutes, yep. <laughs> Now we start thinking, how the fuck did I drop that? Yeah. And learn from it. Don't do it again. That's right. Yeah. But I do a lot, I've done a lot of things, and I still keep thinking, fucking now I keep dropping the fucking ball. And I should have, should have learned from the thing. But sometimes to keep giving and giving and giving, it's not the answer either.
0: Well, it comes back to that balance, at the end, doesn't it? Like you can't just be all on one side. You, you've got to have that. You've got to have that balance.
1: And it works with people too. In the end, you can't keep helping and helping and helping because if like turn around shit in your face. Well, in the end, you think, well now I'm fucking going down with you, and I ain't doing that. Hmm. Well, and- you gotta. You gotta break. You
0: gotta go. You gotta break the the chain and go go away. You know. Yeah, and you gotta. I've I've I say the saying all the time because I heard it a while back and it's just stuck in my head. But you gotta be you gotta be selfish to be selfless. You know, you gotta look after yourself and you gotta make sure that you're you're doing the right thing by yourself in order to be able to help other people. And I think sometimes people go too far in the other direction and they're so selfless <coughs> that they give and give and give and give at the detriment to themselves. And mm. they break themselves because they're so yeah. focused on giving so much to other people that um, yeah. they end up suffering. And then that just means that everybody else suffers anyway because you're just burning yourself out. So you need to be able yeah. to get get your get your backyard in in check before you can sort of go out there and and um, and do the best for other people. But it's it's a hard thing for people to to I don't know to to understand
1: again one has
0: to find out for themselves. Yeah. Mm. Have you, um, I mean, there's quite a few changes going on in your life at the moment with, you know, especially relocating and and looking at a different, different pace um, in life, but um, are you still sort of in the back of your mind thinking, although you're not going to really sort of get out there and do a lot of uh, touring or anything like that now, but are you still thinking yeah. about, you know, Doing a lot of music and still writing and and maybe putting some stuff out in the future. Have you still got stuff that's sort of sitting there that's, um, you know, ready to, uh, ready to be done I've,
1: or worked on? I've got I've got a lot of material. I've got a lot of material, but I, I just feel now that now now it's about me. Yeah, it really is about me now, and you know, like as much as I would love to. Ring uh, Alicia and say, bro, I'm coming over in two weeks. Get it to happening. And same as America, ring the, the friends over there, the line-up there, and say, I'm, I'm coming. In Tuesdays, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. So why torment myself any further and just enjoy Go fishing every day, and, and do what I love doing.
0: Go and find another way. And,
1: and yeah, and even the people that know me extremely well, yeah. and the people that have worked with me uh, for extremely long time, and we've really done the hard yards together. <clears throat> even they said to me, "Pete, now it's your time."
2: Yeah,
1: it's find peace within, and enjoy what time you got left. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. So I've got this vision that I'm sort of heading up that way to Sydney, sort of that way, and there's a band up there called Lord. So <laughs> I'm going to go up there and annoy the fucking shit out of them in my car. <laughs> P- please do. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got some good friends up in Sydney and – um it's gonna be you know, okay moving uh closer to that way better weather yeah. um you know and that sort of thing um, yeah but it, it that's that's me now you know i have done what I've done, I go back to the industry uh my gift with heaven wed, my respect to people that uh I admire and vice versa and um
0: They'll always be my friends. Mm. Definitely, um, it would no doubt take a lot of weight off your shoulders now. Like just, <clears throat> I guess, going through going through those periods mm. and being able to sort of tick a lot of things off off the list. But now, giving yourself the the green light to be able to relax and and as you said, like you know, it's it's your time now. And you don't have to, you don't have to put that pressure on you. I'm sure like over the years, like you've always had that sort of, you know, I'm I'm just having a guess here, but you probably had that underlying little bit of a nagging pressure there to, to always sort of just be thinking about, you know, what's next and, and thinking about the next thing to tackle the next, the next thing to conquer. And, and now it's sort of a case where you can sort of just say, "I I don't need to think about that stuff.
1: Well, I, I don't need to I don't need to prove I don't need to prove myself to anybody anymore. Mm. Um I I believe that uh I gave my <clears throat> I I gave my time in the industry a very, very good shot. Mm. Um, I also know that I could have handled things Better, um, but that's a, that's a part of learning too. Yeah. Um, so I have I have no no regrets um, with what I have done and, and what efforts I've put into the industry. Um, I'll always I'll always respect a person that. Tries their ultimate to do it the right way, and I'll watch from the boundary and, and wish them well about what they try to do. Mm. You know. <clears throat> well, and I can't, I can't do no more, bro. That's how, That's how it is.
0: Well, it's, I don't know. I mean, from the from the outside looking in. I think it's yeah. I think it's a pretty damn good way to be now and I think um you know being able to understand that and a lot of people can never verbalize it because it never gets into their head they never get to that point where they they're, they allow themselves to think that way and I think for you to be able to sort of acknowledge that with yourself and and have that acceptance of what you've achieved and what you've proven and and you've left your mark and you've impacted a lot of people and and hmm. it's it's a great place to be, and it's a great place to be able to now give yourself, as I said before, that that green light to to just focus on yourself and and do what you want to do, and not have to worry about you know the the next thing as far as the next thing to conquer with music or you know what you've been doing in the past. It's just now,
1: it's just do you do your thing, yeah. Because I mean, like even when I was playing, uh, doing the the tours. Uh, of Europe, I was touring every six months for the last six years. Mm. I, I was six months living here and sort of six months living there because every tour I did it was a minimum of 40 shows.
3: Yeah,
1: And, um, and from the day that I left Australia and arrived on that, uh, space, I only used to sleep an hour a day. So, yeah. on that job, I was the, the lawyer, I was the solicitor, I was the musician, I was the doctor, I was the granddad, I was the father, <laughs> I was the mother. <laughs> I was everything to make that fucking happen all the way. Yeah. I picked up grown crying. Mm. And... That was my job. That's all I had to
0: do. Whatever it took.
1: You know, it, I I just had to get that the unit and the people over the line, no matter what. Oh, and and I did. It.
0: I was I was going to say I think I think you definitely have done it. You've done it multiple times over the years, and and uh, you know the proof's in the pudding of what what's what's been put out there and we'll stay there and, and, you know, going back to what we said earlier about the last release, you know, that with time that will be something that's stamped permanently in, in a lot of people's minds with, you know, something that's defining and something that becomes a cult classic and something that people yeah. look, look at quite fondly. And, and I think that that ties in with the bigger story of what the band has been since they died and what, what, you personally have been through, but the band itself has been through in its varying formations and and being all over the world, and 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 the amount of people that have sort of been touched by what you, what the band's done and what you've done. So it's just it's mm. it's it's this bigger thing. It's even bigger than the band itself. It's just this mark that's being that's being left. So yeah, it's um,
1: yeah. I, I mean, it's it's like when I when I tour Europe, I um I. I, I play in Norway, and I'm so lucky to have. And he's done it for me a few times. Mm. I'm I'm so lucky to have my personal uh, DJ for the night, and that's Fenris and Dark you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and he gladly, we we meet, we laugh, we we have fun, we talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same as all those guys, Sotericon. They come here, I can hook up with them, we can talk, whatever. Same as America, same as everywhere I've been in the world. I've been lucky to to build a friendship and showing my respect to those people and it's come in return twofold. And that's an amazing thing, you know, like what people have a vision of fans and, and all that sort of thing, Andy these guys are my personal friends
2: yeah
1: that's an amazing thing to to have made and to have had in this world it, it, It's just uh you know like who who would have thought
0: you certainly could' yeah. you couldn't get that doing a, a nine to five day job that's for sure.
1: No, nah, because after the time in your nine-to-five-day job, wherever you go, like with a factory or anything like that, that's when it becomes numbers.
2: Yeah.
1: You know how people become a number? hmm Well, the, the friends that I have, OS and bands and, and the people that I mix with and whatever, we don't treat each other as numbers. No. We're people. You know, we're human beings. So <clears throat> I that's, that's why I've never tried to to be anything egotistical. Just be myself. This is how I am. I can fuck around. I can joke. I can do silly things. If I'm wrong, I apologise. If I'm out of line. I apologize. That's just me as a person. Mm. The ones that um, are different and, what do we say, stuck up and fucking out of control and don't give a fuck about anything for themselves, they don't survive. No, nah, not at all. So sometimes you got to... Couple on
0: the chin, I guess. Just keep trucking. <laughs>
1: that's it, bro. <laughs> that's the one. That's it. Well,
0: I'm going to let you go, but awesome. I think, but I think um, we'll definitely catch up in November because I haven't seen you, in yeah. bloody so long. I don't know when the last time I saw you. So it'd be good to good to catch up. And um,
1: last time I saw you is when we came up and played with Albatross.
0: Oh yeah, geez. Okay, so that's a. F- that's going back a while now. So that was the last time you guys played Sydney? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, time flies. Oh, jeez. That,
1: that was that was when I saw you last up there. Yeah. And I came up probably a couple of times afterwards.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: <clears throat> so we'll catch up. Definitely. And uh, like I said, mate, totally appreciate the time you've given me here.
2: Likewise.
1: Um, It's been good uh you know it's it, it hasn't been talking about all band stuff and whatever it's it's been talking about personal life um you know uh, and whatever
0: i think it's i think it's more interesting because i mean you've been around the around the traps long enough where you've told a lot of this stuff over and over again and if and people can people can find that stuff and the people that that know you and have known you for years know those those stories and knowing what you've been through, and we've we touched on a few of those things, but it's sort of, I don't know, you 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 drip you drip it in, but you just talk about life, and I think that's I, I've, I get far more out of that, um, than just talking shop all the time, because you can talk shop. I know all the time. it was like when I
1: when I was doing the interviews, for the for the Heaven by album, and these people asking me all these questions, I'm thinking. Fuck like having you do the research. This has already been answered before. <laughs> you know, why why am I telling you what I've already been doing for the last fucking thirty eight years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ask me ask me how how my sex chains went or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to throw
0: that one in at the last moment? <laughs> I, got, I got a bit, I got a bit excited when you said that the other day. I thought, oh, Peter's got a Peter's got a bombshell to drop on this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh mate. I, I just, I just thought to myself when you put up that post, and and I could just see everybody talking about the band they're in. Oh yeah, what yeah. their band is doing. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Nah, let's widen this up. I've got a bloody talk about having the cock come off and the ball's gone. And... <laughs> let's widen this bloody up here. Let's get into real reality where well, people are afraid to do things.
0: Well, I tell you what, you are more, one of the more entertaining people on Facebook um, out of everyone that I'm connected with. I laugh so yeah. much at some of the shit that you post. It's just – and you, mm. you stir the pot, and I love it. It's just fantastic because it's just – as, as you said, it just livens things up. It makes things interesting and it just, I think it shocks the system a bit. I think people get into autopilot and just not really, you know, they don't really think. Yeah, like this, just do
1: you- I, I mean, look, I, I've got my views with people, um, you know, what, the things I don't believe in and that's like, you know, like the crowdfunding shit and whatever. I've always, I've always believed in get out there, sacrifice your job, get alone. Get your own personal loan to put back into your dream. Don't ask somebody else to pay your gas bills and the electricity bills. Time to go up. Come on, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know, I've I'll, will I'll, copped all of shit with that sort of stuff, but I, I just voice my opinion. I, I, it's how it is. If, if I don't say, who's gonna, who's gonna know?
0: Well, you don't want a you want a group of people that just all agree with each other all the time. I mean, just going back to what we said before, you know, if everyone was successful, everyone was the same, then life would be pretty boring. You got to have you you got to have disagreement. You got to have different views and and people that have been around around the block, you know, for for longer than others that have had a bit more experience and have seen, you know, proof Mm, of of, mm. of how to do things and how not to do things then, uh, you know, everyone's got every right to, to, to weigh in on something. So, yeah, more power to to you and to anyone that just, you know, wants to to voice an opinion. Go for it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, I think something happened. I think something happened when Mayhem come out and somebody said something and a friend of mine was talking to uh Al Hamer, you know, and Al Hamer said, he goes, I'll tell you one thing, that's fucking Peter Robs mate. He always says the truth. He doesn't hide. He doesn't run, and he doesn't give a fuck who defends if he's right, because he speaks the truth.
0: What a, what a, what a testimonial from Hillhammer! <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, like we've we've always got on good yeah. All yeah, for many many years from the eighties,
3: yeah,
1: you know, nineties, and all this, Faust from Emperor, yeah, yeah. The brotherhood song influence him to want to play in a band. Everything he goes, fuck! I love that song now. And you know, like we, we play together and we've done shit and, and we've laughed and and, and had fun. It's it, it's like really, you know, just like going back. to what I was saying. It's it's a young kid being in a band today, seeing an idol. But never actually getting to know the person for real. Mm. And I'm lucky that I've had all that. Oh, definitely. And so i uh, all these people. The Yanks as well.
2: Yeah.
1: It's I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere in the world. I can go to any gig here. And I can go backstage and I can have a laugh with these people. It's pretty good. And um, and for me. That's what it was all about.
0: Yeah. That's that's, that's being fun, being yeah.
1: to able to have that opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah. To have that impact to on, on other people as well. It's just like it's uh Yeah. Yeah. Just, incredible feeling.
1: And like uh Warkin, I I had the chance to talk to Dio. I spoke to him for a fair length of time. And then when I was nine years old and Rainbow, and I saw these bands, and I wanted to be in a band to of these guys. And I was talking to him, and I told him about all this, and he goes, well, I've heard your story for 20 minutes. <laughs> he said, I'm going to tell you one. He goes, I know who you are. You come from Australia. You've, um, you're a, a, a diehard, a triad. He goes, I respect people like that. And he said, you telling me at nine years old I wanted to be in a bank as him, he said, now me at 60 and talking to you, you make me want to keep on going. Hmm. How fucking cool was that? That's pretty surreal, isn't it? Far out. Oh, man, Geo turns around and says to me that I make him want to keep on going? <laughs> I thought, like, Jesus Christ, let's fucking nip after that back toilet, mate. I got my kneeling pad with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, mate, that's
1: oh man, that's a
0: that's a pinch yourself moment, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's
1: it's fantastic, and that's what I've said to the young guys that play with me today. Hmm. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Don't pay to play. Don't ever do that. And when you get a chance and you get to play with these bands that are successful, listen to what they say. Let them talk. Don't tell them about yourself. Yeah. Only way you're going to learn is to be ears and eventually they will listen to what you've got to say. Mm. And I was trying to explain that to young guys. Don't tuck and burn the bridges. The bridge is there. You've made the connection. Don't fuck it all up in one night It's like on your first date. <laughs> the last thing you can fucking do is talk about yourself all night, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think I probably, you let her talk about you let her talk about everything mate till your ears drop off
0: oh, oh, is that why it didn't work for me in the past <laughs> i' <It's laughs> oh, had uh, I've had a realization now like oh shit that's that was what I stuffed up with. <laughs> I was too busy talking about myself
1: <laughs> it's like like me post the other day andy like i've I've been to that trivia fountain so many fucking times yeah and i and I've always thrown money in it because. For starters, one coin means you're going back. Hmm. Two means you're going to meet somebody. Three, you're going to get married. So I fucking threw a fucking thousand bucks worth in one night, mate. So I knew that no matter what happens in my fucking life, I did it all. (laughs) You know? I love it.
3: I love it.
1: But it was a fact. It was a fact. Yeah. Because when you know when you make a dream and when you think, "Fucking hell, when's it going to be my turn?" Mm. It's always there.
0: Yeah,
1: it's always there. Your turn is always there, but you don't see it. Mm. Yeah, because we lost our ears listening to that fucking bird years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys listening right now, going, "Oh, geez, this is ringing too true." <laughs> Yeah. Mate, it's
1: oh, just, that's life, isn't it? That's that's it, mate. mate. But like I said, thank you so so much for your time because without people like yourself doing what you do, there's no need or there's no reason to have people like myself about. Yeah. And that's that's how it is. You know, I, I've always respected radio shows, promoters, all the people in the industry. Because without them,
0: there's no us. Oh, that's it. That's it. And you know, being on the other side of the fence, and you know, appreciating that in a band, and, mm. and and I thought, you know, this is a good way to. It's a good way to help other people and and use use what I've got to to and put it to good use. To you know, I've taken a lot from other people and benefited a lot in playing in a band over the years and, mm. and it's, it's a way to give back, but it's also, it's just great to be able to talk to people and just talk about different stuff. You know, you, there's not many occasions where, you know, your traditional sort of interviews or your radio stuff or, and all that kind of thing is you get mm. to talk, you get to talk about life or you get to talk for like, you know, close to two hours and, mm-hmm. and talk about all sorts of shit and go in all sorts of different directions, and and have a really good conversation with someone, and and yeah. and this is really good because you get a whole bunch of people that are going to listen to us dribble on, but they get yeah. to listen candidly, like they're sitting in and just sitting there with a beer and, and just tuning in, and you know you just get a different perspective. You get you get two guys having a chat, and you've you've lived this incredible life, and. I'm trying to get bits and pieces of information out of you and and learning from you. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's just really, I think it's, it's, it's really important. And, and I certainly Mm -hmm. get that when I listen to other people have conversations. And I think that's going back to what we said before, we, we're we're learning every day and these, Mm -hmm. these sort of things help people learn as well. And I think it's, I think it's just, it's a really important thing. So it's, it's great that, you know, even you uh, and, all the things that you've done over the years and, and even now where you are in your life and, and you've got enough on your plate, but for you to, mm. to be able to sit down and, and uh, put up with me for two hours and, and go back and mm. forth, I mean, that, that means a hell of a lot to me. So I appreciate you having the patience yeah. and, and, and giving me the opportunity to, to cheer your ear off for a while. No, please, please please as well, mate. Thank you very,
1: very
0: much. Awesome. All right, well, we'll talk soon and I'll see you in November.
1: Alright, mate, you okay. take care. Oh, I'll give, uh, give my love to your missus and everything and keep rocking on there and be good. Stay safe. Will do.
0: Alright, mate, take
1: care. Alright, mate, thank you. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a character. He's such a good dude thank you so much Peter for being a part of the podcast. I'm super stoked that we had the conversation that we did and it's now one of many amazing conversations that I've had on this podcast over the last few years. So I really, really appreciate the time and, uh, just being able to have such a candid conversation. And I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation as well. If you want to learn more about Hobbs' Angela death, you can go to anysocial.net Andy, and click on the show notes for this episode. Uh, I'll also have ticket info for the band's last ever Sydney show, which is November 2nd at the Ballface Stag, um, which is day one of the Steel Assassins Festival. Lord are playing day two. So you can also find ticket info over at lord.net.au. You can buy single day one or day two passes, or you can get a two-day pass, which... Gets you the best of both worlds, which I recommend, of course. Uh, but uh, andysocial.net is the best place to go. All, everything will be in the show notes, as always. You guys know the drill. Okay, a few quick updates before we wrap up this episode. Uh, as you guys know, we are recording the new Lord album at the moment. Uh, we have everything in place. We haven't got the artwork yet, but we had a rough draft and weren't happy with it. So we've thrown it back at the artist, and <laughs> he's redoing it. Um, but we've got an album title. We haven't released anything yet, um, but the album sounds really good. I think you guys are really happy for for Lord fans that is, um, and I hope that over the coming weeks I can give you guys a few little teasers. Um, you know, for the few people that uh, stick around and listen to this intro, that I hope that I can reward you guys with uh, some little bits and pieces of information. So we'll we'll see what happens in the coming coming weeks, but um, it's all coming together very quickly. So I think there'll be some announcements reasonably soon anyway. Um, we've got two shows for 2018, no more. Uh, so September 22nd in Melbourne at Max Watts, uh, which is the Metal United Down Under festival. We are headlining that with a whole range of other amazing bands on that lineup. Um, a couple of them include Vanishing Point, Alarm, Espionage, and there's a whole bunch of others, Amalysis Wake, and I know I've missed heaps of bands. Apologies, guys. Um, you can go to lord.net.au and see the full lineup there. And as mentioned earlier, the second show is day two of the Steel Assassins Festival. We're headlining day two. Um, so you can go to lord.net.au and uh, check out the full lineup for both days and you can buy tickets. Both of those shows are on Ticks, and I believe the Melbourne show is also selling tickets through OzTix as well. So lots of different options. If you get confused or you need a link and you can't find it, shoot me a message and I'll sort you out. Self-starter update. Now, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Self-starter is now a part of the National Film and Sound Archive, so I am officially a part of Australian sound history. <laughs> Crazy, who would have thought? Um, selfstarter.com.au, as always. Uh, a bit of a call to action for you guys. If you know anybody or you yourself are self-employed, Um, or you run your own business or um, you have a little side hustle, you earn a little bit of money on the side, a second job maybe, something like that, something interesting, Um, especially if it's unorthodox and a little bit different, a little bit left field, I'd love to hear from you. I'm especially looking for people in regional Australia. I want to see... People that are doing their own thing in parts of the country where there is traditionally less opportunities. And that's a place that, uh, an aspect that I find quite fascinating and I'm passionate about. So I really want to highlight as many people in regional Australia as possible. However, I am looking. Everywhere. So, if you think that there might be somebody that could be featured on Self Starter yourself or somebody that you know, please shoot me a message and I'd love to hear from you because uh, I've got a lot of great plans for Self Starter and I'd love to get more and more people involved with that. So, thank you very much. Okay, folks, wrapping it up. If you want to support the podcast, as always, I mean, you guys know the drill, but I'm going to go through it really quickly. Social media love, liking, tagging, retweeting, commenting, all that sort of stuff goes a long way. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Facebook, wherever the hell you want on the internet, all helps. You can buy merchandise. I've got t-shirts, USB passes. I just put an order in for patches, so they'll be coming soon. If you want to shout me a beer via the paypal.me button on the Andy Social website, you can do that. Um, if you're interested in micro-investing, you can get a referral link from me for RAIZ, R-A-I-Z, um, which invests your spare change into the stock market. Um, as always, and what's mentioned previously on episodes, get your own professional financial advice, do your proper research before making any financial decisions. However, this is a bit of fun, and uh, if you use my referral code, you'll get $2.50, I'll get $2.50. And uh, that will be invested into the stock market. So you're not going to make a million dollars out of it. But um, it's, it's a bit of fun. So there's a whole range of ways to support this podcast. It means a hell of a lot. Thank you so much for all the people that have been giving me guest recommendations. That's another thing that you can do to support this podcast. I have so many people coming up. It is ridiculous, but I love bulk recording because <laughs> it helps me so much. But uh, lots of interesting people, as you guys have been seeing so far this year. I've had uh, an eclectic mix of guests so far and um, certainly continuing in that theme moving forward as well. So enough of me, guys. So much blabbing on. I'm going to wrap it up. Until next week, guys, take care. Thanks for the support, and we'll speak soon. Ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.